From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry, and our topic for this edition is Moral Injury, and I'm pleased to welcome to our microphone Dr. Eileen A. Dombo, Associate Professor and Assistant Dean at the National Catholic School of Social Service at the Catholic University of America. Dr. Dombo, welcome. Thank you. And I should also mention that you are the Victim Assistance Coordinator for the Archdiocese for the Military Services. That's correct. Let's talk about moral injury. Uh, tell me, Dr. Dombo, uh, you've done some, uh, some research in this field. But what is moral injury? So moral injury is a, a, an experience where you do something or fail to do something in a very high-stakes situation, and that action goes against what you believe to be right or just or moral, and it, it really is a, in conflict with your personal values or beliefs. And, and so this experience is one where you've acted either on your own or at the direction of a superior, and it, it is happens very quickly often in like in a combat situation where you act um, and then looking back on it, you realize, wow, that's really not what I think was the right thing to do. And that gives it a particular significance to the Archdiocese for the military services and the men and women who fight our wars. Uh, those have been deployed, may have been in situations where they uh, carry what I've seen described as uh, soul bruises, bruises of the soul. That's correct. Uh, can you, uh, well, let's back up for a minute. What is the, tell us what is the difference between moral injury and post-traumatic stress? Is there a difference? There is. There's actually, there is some overlap between the constructs, but there is great difference. And in large part, the biggest difference is with PTSD, it's something that's done to you by someone else. In moral injury, you are the actor in the situation. You have done or not done um, the situation, right? You've, you've not acted or acted in the situation. So with PTSD, there is often great um, shame and guilt and blame for what's happened to me. Whereas with um, moral injury, there is often shame and guilt and blame, but also a sense of isolation. I don't want other people to find out what I've done. There's great shame in um, not living up to your values. And so that can be very difficult. So can you give us some examples? What kinds of things would cause moral injury? It's a great question. I've, I wrote an article with two of my colleagues, uh, Kathy Gray and Barbara Early, and we looked at moral injury beyond the battlefield in, in sort of everyday life, civilian life. And I think it's a great uh, way to think about, you know, when we act in our lives, it's different than being in combat or um, facing enemy combatants, right? So we don't necessarily think these have high-stakes situations. But often, one example, one of my colleagues was working with a, a young man in her therapy practice, and he was um, driving. Right? He was driving home late one night. He was feeling very sleepy, but he decided to continue driving. He made a decision. I'm not going to stop and sleep. I know I'm strong enough. I'm young enough I'm, you know, to get through this travel. And he decided to press on, and he ended up, um, falling asleep at the wheel, getting into a car accident, and hitting someone, and that person died. So in that experience, he not intentionally meaning to hurt someone, but that decision that he made to continue driving went against his core beliefs about the value of life and about his responsibility 
to himself and to society to be responsible, a responsible driver. So in that moment, he identified that as a, a moral injury. The, the experience of it as a traumatic event didn't quite resonate for him. It was traumatic, obviously, to be in a car accident, but it wasn't an accident that happened to him. He was the driver and he willingly kind of decided to continue on driving even when he knew he probably should have stopped to take a break. So moral injury is the aftermath or the hangover, if you will, of having made a, a decision yourself. It came from you rather, rather than imposed from the outside. That would be post-traumatic stress. Correct. Um, in, in a combat situation, can you think of some hypothetical examples of where moral injury might come from? Yeah, so many soldiers and um, returning wounded warriors have talked about their experiences of being told to engage um, someone who maybe was a civilian, looked like a civilian, but was being utilized by the enemy, uh, maybe a child or um, someone who looked to be innocent or defenseless, and that, that that person was somehow dangerous, and they were to engage that person or to shoot that person. Um, oftentimes snipers are in this situation too, where they're told that this is the target and they look and they say, I don't think this, I don't think this is right, but they don't want to be insubordinate. And so they act and they learn later that this was someone who was not involved in the combat or was an innocent bystander. So the fatal shooting of an innocent non-combatant would be the source of a moral injury. Yes. What are the symptoms of moral injury? So we often see first a lot of anger anger at the self. Why did I do that? Why did I, you know, make that decision? Why did I take that action? Um, and then a lot of guilt, a lot of feelings of I've done something wrong and there is no way to make amends for that. Typically with guilt, um, we have an opportunity to, to make it right. You know, I forgot your birthday so I can call you the next day and apologize and send you a really lovely gift. And I feel better. I feel like I've made up for what I've done. But in this type of moral injury, there is no way to return that life. There is no way to make amends um, in a way that feels like there's some restitution. And so that can really leave deep, deep wounds in the person, in the person's soul um, who really is unable to uh, feel that they can wrong, you know, take that wrong and make it right. And we're not talking just about emotional or psychological or mental has all those elements in it, but there's more to it than that. It involves the, the conscience. Yes, yes. So it's a soul, it is a soul wound, really. Yeah. And so um, how do you treat moral injury? Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing we're finding in the, in the literature on treatment is working on accountability. Um, with trauma, with working on PTSD, we often see people holding accountability for behavior that wasn't theirs, right? And so there's a lot of work around letting go of some of the responsibility for someone else's action. And that's when something is done to you, when you're the victim of a traumatic incident. Well, with moral injury, you are the actor. And so actually taking responsibility for that action is very, very important. So a lot of self-forgiveness, a lot of um, trying to repair with the individuals or communities affected by your actions can be very cathartic and therapeutic. And so it sort of seems uh, very, very different than the treatment for trauma. How so? How would trauma be treated as opposed to moral injury? So with, with this issue of responsibility, right? Like, you know, I, 
when I work with someone who's been, say, sexually abused by a member of you know clergy or a religious organization, um, they feel somehow that they did something that signaled to this person that they were a victim or a target, and they feel responsible for that. Well, I would work with that person to help them understand that nobody ever invites abuse. Nobody ever wants to be harmed in that way. There's nothing you did that made this person treat you in an abusive and um, wrong way. With moral injury, right, there is, yeah, I did this. I actually made this decision. I took this action, and I have to hold my responsibility for it. So a lot of it is owning what you did. Exactly. And I suspect that can be very difficult. Very difficult. So uh, how does one come to own uh, having, for example, killed an innocent person on the battlefield? Yeah. I I think it is a lot of... um, soul exploration, you know, a lot of deep, deep work to uh, realize that, yes, I was I was following orders and there would have been some real strict consequences to me had I been insubordinate. Right. Um, And and that has to be weighed when realizing that. But I still did make this decision to do this and I need to hold that, you know, with with all the other things that the other piece of it, which is similar to trauma work, is integration. Right. So with uh, the moral injury, you can think about this experience you've had where you made a decision and you went against your own values, what you believe to be right. But you integrate that into all the other experiences where you did follow your compass, your moral compass, and you did um, uphold your values in, in sometimes very difficult ways that had negative impacts on you. So you have to bring in the sum total of your life experiences and not have this one experience so that's interesting integration viewing the act in the context of your other behavior is that healthy yes it's very healthy we tend to um we 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 tend to engage in what are called cognitive errors in in our thinking and how we um understand and make meaning of our lives and and ourselves and in our lives and so we either can magnify certain experiences and they become definitive or we minimize certain experiences and don't focus on them as much as we should right and these are very common behaviors that we engage in and so when we maximize certain things you know you you might have um 20 years of military service in which you never went you know against your beliefs and your values and then on that next day you engage in a behavior that goes against what you believe to be right. And all those 20 years get washed away because this one experience seems to define who you are, right? You've maximized it. You've really focused on it in a way that where it becomes the only experience that matters. And that's not healthy and that's actually not accurate. It's a distortion of who you are as a person, right? If you look at the long career of 20 years, this is one experience over however many there were, right? Um, and so that can be, important to say, yes, you did this and you have to take responsibility and accountability for it and put it in the context of all of these other things that you've done in this career and in your life. How widespread, how widespread a problem is moral injury? Is there any way of knowing how many people have moral injuries? I think we're still getting a handle on it. You know, certainly as a social worker, this is something we're beginning to look at in the field of social work, where we work with clients uh, who make decisions we don't agree with or who engage in behaviors that we know are not 
healthy for them or will have negative outcomes for them in their life. Um, I know I've worked with uh, hospital social workers who see very small babies in the NICU or older adults at the end of life go uh, through many multiple medical treatments for through lots of pain and a lot of expense. And they wonder, these social workers wonder, like, is this really the right thing to do for this small child or for this adult um, when they're trying to exit their life in a peaceful way? Are these treatments related to moral injury? So it's the social worker who feels a moral injury because they're facilitating the treatment, right? They're providing counsel to the family whose child is going to undergo this surgery that the doctor's recommending. But they're, maybe the parents aren't really sure if there's value in it or um, the child themselves can't consent to it. You know, So the, the social worker would feel moral injury in the process of doing their job when they're going along with decisions that they believe are wrong. So moral injury affects not just people in the military. This is throughout our society. Yes, yes. I see. Yeah. And uh, how long have we known about moral injury? It's really been... Um, I would say since the last 20 years as a construct that's been evolving, um, there are researchers like Shay and Litz who've done a lot of work in the veteran space in the um, military arena. But in, in terms of bringing it beyond the battlefield, there aren't really too many people looking at it yet. I think it's just starting to really be explored. So we talked a little bit about some of the symptoms. If moral injury goes untreated, what could be some of the consequences of that? I mean, we're talking addiction, suicide. Yeah, yeah, we've seen suicide uh, as a result of not being able to uh, forgive oneself or be forgiven for actions that have been moral injury, depression, anxiety, uh, certainly substance use problems, uh, gambling addictions, difficulty in relationships. And uh, so what are the warning signs, say, for a significant other? Uh, How does a significant other determine whether his or her significant other has symptoms of moral injury? So typically it can be really difficult to speak about behaviors we've done, right, that that go against our, our values. And so not being willing to talk about certain experiences, shutting you out from Uh, conversations about what happened and how you feel about it. When you see your spouse isolating um, or your loved one um, really being hard on themselves, very, very um, self-deprecating, even engaging in some self-injury or self-destructive behaviors. These can be signs that they're really grappling with something they've done that they feel really went against what they believe to be right. So how do you broach the subject with that person? I think just giving unconditional love and support that no matter what you've done, I love you and I want to help you work it through. There's nothing you can tell me that we can't work through together because the belief is that I've done something so horrific that those who love me will shun me. Uh, Maybe even something I can't tell in the confessional even because it's so horrible that even a priest won't uh, grant me that forgiveness. So I think that that it is opening up the conversation that please let me in to let me know everything that you've experienced because I'm here for you and I'll support you and I'll love you. And it helps to talk about it. It absolutely does. 
And you mentioned confession. Is that therapeutic in a psychological sense? Absolutely, right? There is great um, value in speaking the unspeakable. When we feel like there's no one we can tell a secret to, that secret burrows down deep inside us, and it, it can become like a cancer in our soul where we hold this secret and nobody can find out about it, nobody can know about it. It starts to eat away at us. Should someone who thinks he or she has moral injury seek out a psychologist to talk about it? I think there's great um, support in the psychological field. I think you have to be really um, careful to find somebody who understands the difference between moral injury and PTSD. There are a lot of folks who, when they first started talking about their moral injury, were being treated for PTSD. And it was difficult that that's not the right treatment. That's not the right frame through which or lens through which to look at my experience. It's, it is traumatic, but it's not something that happened to me. It's something I did. And so you have to have somebody who really understands what moral injury is. Well, let's dig down deeper. We've talked a little bit about the difference between post-traumatic stress and moral injury. You're talking about a treatment, somebody who's being treated for post-traumatic stress but has moral injury. What is it that's not getting treated uh, in moral injury, even though one is receiving treatment for post-traumatic stress? So it's, it's that accountability, right? I think when we work with people who've experienced a trauma, who've been the victim of a traumatic event, as a, as a clinician, my, I'm a, a really attuned to where are they taking responsibility that's not theirs? Right? Where are they blaming themselves for something that they had no control over? And if I keep that same careful um, focus for something they do need to hold responsibility for, that person is going to feel like they're not understood, that, that what they really need to look at is what are the things I, I didn't control and I didn't have responsibility for that were traumatic to me, and what are the things that I am responsible for that are still traumatic for me but that I have to hold ownership of? So the main thing is taking ownership. When you do take the ownership, though, how do you carry that burden? How do you help that person with moral injury carry the burden? So, you know, we all have our burdens, and the only way to make them lighter is to share them. And we often feel better once we have fully, I was going to say confessed, (laughs) fully, you know, shared all of these things. We feel cleansed from that. And so it is the silence. That is the burden that when we speak what we've done, when we ask for support and help and forgiveness or amends or restitution, reparations in some way, when we engage in that, there's a therapeutic process in trying to say, I did this, it was wrong, I I shouldn't have done it, it goes against what I believe, and it had this outcome, which is my responsibility, um, and I'm going to bear responsibility for that. So there's no magic pill to cure moral injury. There is not. <laughs> uh, it's interesting talking to you, a, a, a social worker, a psychologist, your field of psychology mm-hmm. and science, and yet we're talking about moral injury, which is kind of a non-scientific concept, isn't it? I mean, it does, the science right. doesn't always recognize the existence of morality. Right. So uh, this is sort of a hybrid type of condition we're talking about that blends both faith and science. Exactly. And uh, so I would expect 
this might be like on the edge in your field of, of conditions that are being looked at. Am I wrong? You're right. You're okay. right. You know, in, in most professions, whether it's law or social work or medicine, um, there's typically an avoidance of values, faith, morality. You know, we, we don't want to feel like we're judging someone through a moral lens or um, we certainly don't want to put our beliefs on those we serve. Right. That's a, those are very professional codes of conduct and ethics. And, and what is important about moral injury, it's, it's not, did you do something that violates what I think to be right or just or moral, but does it violate what you hold to be just or right or moral? So I am not judging anyone else's action as a professional. I am helping that client surface their own beliefs and values to understand whether their behavior is in line or not in line with what they believe. So is it possible that someone who commits an act doesn't know it's against that person's most deeply held beliefs until the person commits that act and then realizes? Is That's it, very true, yes. And so moral injury can be inflicted that way too. When you do something without knowing it is against your most deeply held beliefs, and it's in doing it that you find out. Exactly. You know, we, we often hear people say something like, I didn't know I was capable of that, right? And sometimes we can say that in a very good way. I didn't know I had the strength to overcome that, or I didn't know I was capable. But then we also hear it in the sense of, I didn't realize I could act in that way. I could hurt someone else, or I could pull that trigger at looking through the, the finder. I didn't know I had that in me, right? So, so that can be a difficult self-realization. Is there anything else uh, a person suffering from moral injury can do besides talk about it? Uh, what about a prayer life? What about going to uh, confession, uh, making amends? Are, are there any yes. other things a person can do? So I think, you know, really just finding support and help in any form. So whether it's in, in your church and, uh, you know, support group among your, your you know, your um colleagues at work or in your platoon, right, that, that your um, other people have had similar experiences, most likely. And if you talk about it, um, you can find that maybe someone did something, but it didn't have such a disastrous traumatic outcome, but they realize, oh, I don't want to do that again. And then you can talk about, well, what are you doing to avoid that? Or what are you doing to um, make sure people know that this actually this action is not okay? You know, you think about whistleblowers and you think about, you know, people who have brought to the attention of the world things that were happening that were not right, that were not just, right? We do that in ways, you know, small and big ways all the time. Is an act that causes moral injury exacerbated when others know that the person committed that act? So I, I think it depends, right? So um, you have to have... Um, a moral conscience in order to have moral injury. So some people will um, engage in um, in actions and not feel any moral injury about it. So it really is, it's someone who is self-reflective, who is in touch with, what do I believe? What What is guiding my values? And where where is my line <laughs> and morally? That's the person who is likely to then realize that they've committed 
um, an act that has resulted in moral injury. And how do you keep yourself from, uh, I mean, I know this is a maybe a naive question, but uh, uh, going into battle and, and being deployed, fighting a war, uh, how can you protect yourself from uh, committing acts that are going to result in moral injury? I think it's, a, it's really good to take stock of what you believe uh, before engaging, before making career decisions or engaging in these things, um, and then also trying to uh, reconcile what you believe with what you do have to do, you know, and what are some ways I'm, I'm, I feel more comfortable engaging in this action, um, and where is my line, and, and making sure people know this is, this is where I draw the line. What would be your advice to the person listening to this podcast today who thinks that he or she may have moral injury? What should that person do? So, you know, I, I think reading up on what moral injury is, there is a lot out there for um, the layperson. You know, it's not all ivory tower academic writing. You know, there's actually uh, a lot of accessible literature on um, soldier's heart or, you know, the wounds of war that people can read about to see is this resonating with me. And then I think finding support and help uh, through counseling is a good place to start or some spiritual um, spiritual guidance, spiritual direction can be really, really helpful to uh, really sift through, uh, you know, there are actions that I took and here's the result and what do I think about that now and how do I feel about that? Does someone with moral injury ever get cured or is it an ongoing process of treatment or somewhere in the middle? I think it's healing. That's the most accurate term. We can heal from this kind of injury through integration and that's, you know, being able to really not ignore it or shut down around it or minimize it and pretend like I can just forget it because you can't, but really shedding, you know, shining some light into that, that space of secrecy and silence. And that will help with healing. Last couple of questions. Uh, is it your uh, uh, experience that, uh, there's more expertise being developed in the field of moral injury in your field. Yes, there is. There's a lot being written on um, spirituality and moral injury, on um, treatment for moral injury, on healing, and on um, processes for uh, restitution or reparations and things like that as a part of therapy. So any medium to large city ought to have some expertise uh, available uh, on moral injury. I would think so, yeah. Okay. And certainly anyone who works with veterans or has um, has worked with veterans in the past should understand what moral injury is. Dr. Eileen A. Dombo, thank you so much for talking to me today. We've been talking about moral injury. Dr. Dombo, the Associate Professor and Assistant Dean at the National Catholic School of Social Service at Catholic University of America. She's also the uh, Victims Assistance Coordinator, Victim Assistance Coordinator here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services. Dr. Dombo, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.